Welcome to Mystery Dungeons and Dark Rise, a Pokemon role-playing adventure and the tale of two young trainers as they journey together through the Yume region. I'm Coatsy, and I am your Pokemon Dungeon. I'm Jack, I play Felix, a shy but stubborn boy who is actually quite impressed that you managed to get that right first time, Coatsy, well done. First time in a long time. <laughs> it, it, it yeah, really is. Awesome. And is it for the last time? No, no, there's like three more episodes. Three more episodes. Oh, well. <laughs> Gotta keep them guessing a little bit as well. <laughs> I'm Chris, I played Chuck, son of a nurse joy who moved from Pewter City to the Yume region, who uh, might actually have a few more tricks up his sleeve than you might think. Someone's been metagaming. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the endgame now. We're in the endgame now. So, this is awkward. This, I can feel the tension in the room. They're, ge- they're genuinely genuine. liars. It, it was all fun and games actually we didn't record. Everything's just tensed up. Everyone's bum holes has gone <laughs> 50p to 20p. Mine's always been that small. <laughs> Because we're in endgame, we're just going to do a quick recap and we're not going to do anything else. I can do the recap if you want. Yeah, go for it. We finally got some answers from Master Lee. Then pretty much everybody of importance that we met was gathered in Greenwood Town. No, they weren't. Apart from Adam, he was... No. No. They are in Kuso City. Somewhere else. You're in Takeshi's oh, Castle. Yeah, no, yeah, sorry. You listened to the episode to prepare yourself. You were so confident. Yeah. All right. I'll take over. Yes, you met Master Lee and found out quite a few things about Mew and Arceus. The main one being that Mew doesn't need you two and Darkrai and Cresselia to actually summon Arceus. The issue is Team Nightmare don't know that yet. They haven't figured it out. So you simply not going up to the top of Mount Coronet doesn't help anybody. That's a shame because we wanted to get a round of golf in today. (laughs) (laughs) So after seeing Master Lee, you went to Kuso City and met with the new council, which was basically gym leaders and loads of other people that you've met on your journey. Mac was there, Shelley was there, um, Flash obviously was there, Cherry and Winston Dave. were there. Dave! Dave! Dave was in his Pokeball. Um, and you came up with a plan on how to get to top of Mount Coronet, where you now know you need to go. And then at the end, Derek legless car with a K and one eye pop walked in and we're like we're not going anywhere we're not going anywhere I'm that's not his accent I beg <laughs> everyone who turns west country this is just, just, just sound like it's just the UV region accent it's just very west country right lads I'm going to Koso City Koso? Koso City I'm going to Koso City I'll see you in the pub which is coincidentally is what he said to you last night he did yeah where we went. Did you go to the pub? I think we did. I think we did. I think we had a, a singular a singular drink. I was absolutely blotto. <laughs> Chuck did. A few oddish leaves too many. A few saffron shakes too many. Okay, well, we'll kick this off with Chuck making a con save then. See how hungover you are. That's a natural 17 on the roll. No, oh, you're all right. You're fresh. You've done well. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a dirty 20, that. And that's going to be the last good roll of the day. <laughs> yeah. Get ready for our avalanche of nat ones. The road from Kuso City to Sequoia's Western Monorail Station was shorter than expected, and the sun beams down on you as you walk along the outskirts of Greenwood Forest, along Route 5 with Flash, Cherry, Winston, Derek, Regulus Carr with a K, and One-Eyed Bob. 
The route itself is surprisingly empty as you make your way, the quiet seemingly relaxing, knowing what's to come. So, how are we both feeling? Stop fucking about with the toys. <laughs> how are we both feeling? What are your teams? What is Chuck? That's a good point, actually. Should we should we do a, a full team recap? Because yeah, I'm already run down. That's why I asked. Yeah, but I was just elaborating that we've got, or like the ones that are potentially in play. Yeah, yeah, potentially in play. Potentially in play here. Well, because I, I, my six that I've got is going to be my. That's because they're the only six you've got. They're not. I've got. That's cool. You're not going to. You know, Derek, you released all of your. I released all my Pokemon. You're not going to bring Duke back, are you? There's a, there's a dust skull floating around somewhere. We should just be like walking past the Pikachu that's just gorged itself. There it is. You just was he? It looks like the, the Gigantamax one. It's just like two foot tall. <laughs> Rosie dragging the Pikachu. Dragging its guns around. Guns. What a disgusting <laughs> word. <laughs> oh, I'll, off. I'll kick off. I'm happy. I'm happy to kick off. Jesus um, Christ. So there's obviously all the staples of Chuck's team. Uh, before we get into Chuck, how Chuck's feeling team wise, so we've got um, Boom of the Charizard, of course. Rowdy the Lucario, Mako the Garchomp, Pennybags the Mamoswine, Churro the Ludicolo. And we might see some less familiar faces today, but ones that have definitely helped us out on the journey. So, Bucky the Apom and Norris the Heracross. The only reason you're bringing Norris back is because he's shining and you moaned about it enough. That yeah, I, I missed him. <laughs> missed his pink glow. Uh, so Felix has, of course, Pratchett the Torterra as part of Pokemon. Oh, yeah, Sammy the po in Polion. Got about her. No, you didn't. We just don't want our hair anymore. As I was saying, Pratchett, the partner Pokemon Torterra, Houdini, the Magician, the Snorlax, Reptar, the Tyranitar, Inky, the Shiny Gengar, Momo, the Gliscor, and Maximus, the Magmortar. Okay, got some good, got some strong teams. Yeah, got some big teams. Teams. Yeah. I mean, not that they helped you in the last fight you had, but well, no, that wasn't we, a fair fight. We had just fought a Regigiga. It was effectively oh. Reggie Gigas and Tino. When, uh, when Arceus kills you both, I'll remind you, ah, oh, you know, yeah, but you, you did fight a Reggie Gigas three episodes ago, so... We're not fighting Arceus. Yeah, way to ruin the story, guys. That's Deoxys. <laughs> yeah. I think Chuck is feeling, um, feeling very tense. Very, you know, despite having let loose a little bit with the Saffron Shakes last night, he's sort of focused now back on the task ahead. All, all eyes forwards. Felix is very similar, quite ponderous, kind of wishing actually seeing how Chuck and the rest of the crew were last night that he'd indulged a little bit more just to loosen up and really let go before this big sort of final showdown. But he's got a clear head, he knows what the task at hand is, but at the same time he is quite nervous, quite worried, especially about the talk of when we were with Master Lee about being potentially prepared to die. So quite a lot for a 10-year-old to... Uh, take on i can relate because i'm really nervous about us all recorded into one laptop <laughs> <laughs> you turn a corner and you can hear the busyness of the monorail station before you see it monorail and as you go to turn a corner in the path flash sticks his arm out and single file everyone bumps into each other with a jolt except for winston who just mutters idiots <laughs> Flash beckons you two forwards. You see a familiar-looking saucer-shaped building with the sign Sequoia City Western Monorail Station. And beyond it, you can see in the distance the tops of the skyscrapers that make up the bulk of Sequoia City. 
Not a lot has changed about the station. Crowds bustle at the wide entrance, filling into the station to catch their trains, and the smell of freshly baked sausage rolls and steak bakes mm -hmm. waft through the air. Flash points out two men in SCPD uniforms either side of the entrance, one with a Luxray and one with an Arcanine. Well, if I'm honest, I was expecting a little more. This should be a cinch. Looks like we just need to sneak past the guards. Decent stealth roll should do the trick. And he winks at Chuck. <laughs> Chuck gulps. Unless you two have got any better ideas, or funnier ones at least. Felix looks at Flash and Chuck says, No, I mean, it seems all too easy. But I guess let's not try and complicate things. I've got a backup plan anyways, just in case. Chuck says, yeah, me too. I've got a, maybe a little something up my sleeve. And at which point you see this like three-fingered udder slip itself out of Chuck's sleeve <laughs> accidentally. And then you see like this lump just sort of scurry around Chuck's jacket behind him. So you're just going to... We're going to try and stealth past him. Yeah, we don't have, really have any reason to not be able to just walk out of the station. Right? Yeah. Okay. Roll stealth. Uh, 17. Come on. You say that. So does Jack. <laughs> uh, eight. <laughs> How the shoes have turned. <laughs> How the shoes have turned. This this podcast should be called... Chris makes up phrases. Well, Cody does as well. Oh, yeah. What was the one in the last episode that you said? Pickle your tickles. Or something. It was something like, keep your eyes pickled or something. <laughs> or eagle-eared. Eagle-eared, yeah. Okay, right, fight then. Plumby. Plumby? Lip. I could Plumby. You both go on ahead and you try to merge in with one of the crowds entering the building. But as you reach the entrance to the station, the police officer with a Luxray sees this purple mass of hair and instantly recognises Felix and shouts, You, purple hair, stop! And starts making his way towards you through the crowd. At this point, Felix doesn't stop. He's going to continue walking. But what I'm going to do is release Inky. Just crack my Pokeball and release Inky. Yeah. And kind of get him to f stop and turn around, thinking, try and throw him off and think that the purple mass of hair is actually the Gengar because they're very similar in colour. Hmm. Okay. Roll. Roll Deception then. And I'll roll against you. Uh, dirty 20? Uh, with a natty what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the police officer walks straight over to Gengar and then sees Gengar and just oh, okay, oh, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Gengar and <laughs> turns around and goes back to his post the other police officer with the Arcanine looking at him quizzically, he's just like, don't, don't ask <laughs> as he's walking away, Gengar pulls his mouth wide and blows him a massive raspberry right, now we're in the station roll perception roll perception my rolls have been too good so far it's a 21. Uh, dirty 18 for me. Okay. You both pass. Chuck passes super duper. Sit. Um, super duper. Felix is, as he's scouting around with his perception, is there a store that's selling jelly donuts in the shape of either? Um, no. There was last time. Oh, then there might be. <laughs> I got two shiny ones. That's the large foyer is exactly the same as when you were last there. The cafes are still buzzing with customers and there's a long line of people leading from the Greggs on the far side of the station next to the ticket barrier. 
<laughs> the big LED boards overhead showing the times of all the trains in and out of the station, as well as a news broadcast that is currently showing the weather of the Yume region. One thing that has changed that Chuck notices, dotted around the station seem to be eight security cameras various points all moving all with red flashing lights as a tannoy sounds a group of school children rush across the station and start to pile through the ticket barriers being waved through by a man in a fluorescent jacket blowing a whistle in short bursts as they rush past him in the center of the foyer julie stands behind a circular <laughs> desk illuminated by a blue led light her hair in a neat bun and still wearing the same blue kimono as last time. A hologram of a big speech bubble with the letter I in the middle spins slowly above her head. Or above the desk, it's not like Sims. Just gonna say, yeah, <laughs> very NPC. Okay, you're in the station. You made it in. We made it in, nice. Okay, are we all like grouped up now? I would say, yeah, gaggle. everybody else sort of piles in behind oh, you. Three. Okay. And you yeah. are standing just past the entrance. Okay. The Chuck turns around and looks at everyone and says, Okay, right, good, we made it in. We just need to find that entrance to the underground. It's somewhere around one of the platforms. I noticed eight security cameras as we came in. Do you think do you guys think we need to do something about that? Flash, what do you think? Flash just looks at you, looks around and he goes, Well, I don't trust the police and I don't trust security, so that one's your call. I'm not sure we can go about doing much about it in broad daylight though, so we've got to be careful whatever. Felix at this point reaches into his backpack and pulls out the bucket hat that he got when he was in the Misty Islands just to cover up his hair and sort of looks around at the group and goes probably haven't got time to be sabotaging electricals just try and cover your face as much as possible yeah he puts his bucket hat on Chuck pulls out the baseball cap that he also bought at the uh, Sequoia City shopping centre pulls the brim down slightly above his face says okay come on let's hustle any idea which platform it was? Can I, do, can I do like, what check would it be, like a history check to see if Chuck remembers what the platform was? Yeah, or if you can remember where the entrance to the underground was. It was like on the way yeah, we to were, the platform. We were going got the monorail. For yeah, and it was just like, there was a side. We've just signed, it said like, there, like a banner, barrier across it. it was like There's only so. one set of ticket barriers to lead through to the platforms. Okay, so we've got to go through those anyways. Right, so we, how, how are we going to get through the barriers without a ticket? We're just going to have to go buy tickets. It sounds like we're 16 again trying to get into London. Yeah. How are we going <laughs> to get we, through the barriers without buying a ticket? What do we do? We're going to have to buy a ticket. Well, we just need to buy tickets. Then. Let's just buy tickets. Let's not us two go. Let's send one of the group because they're probably not going to be looking necessarily for Carl with a K or... Yeah, send Derek. Send Derek or something over with some cash and goes, go, and go and get some tickets. Yeah. All right, so we'll send Derek over to buy some tickets. Okay, so Derek goes over to the information booth in the middle and after about five minutes of what looks like a, not a heated discussion with Julie, but definitely a frustrating one, he comes back with one ticket in his hand. We might have a problem. That woman's only letting us buy one ticket each. So we're gonna have to go up as a group and get a group ticket, or we're just gonna have to go individually, or we're gonna have to find another way through the barriers. Ah, we'll just break the barriers. Well, <laughs> if we've got one ticket, can we just not use that one ticket to open the barrier and just all pile through? And risk someone getting stuck and causing quite a commotion. Thinking about what we've seen earlier about a group of school children kind of going through in the barriers, obviously we're going to be a similar age to them. 
it's it's maybe not necessarily as much of a problem for Flash and the crew to go through to go and buy tickets individually. It's more people are going to you know they're going to be looking That's for true. us. So if we're the same age as school kids, we could just kind of maybe hang around and wait for the next gaggle of school kids to rush through and just try and bumble through with them. Yeah, I like it. So if everyone else gets the ticket, everyone else gets a ticket. And then we'll just try and filter through with a group of school kids. Yeah. Or even just slip through the barriers, like, three by two. Yeah. We'll try We'll try the school kids first, and if that fails, then we'll... So you're going to try and sneak through with the school kids while the other kids... Sorry, the way you said we'll try the school kids first, just... <laughs> it tickled you, I could tell. Um, <clears throat> okay, so... Everybody else goes and buys a ticket. Yeah, I think, like I say, because I don't think they're particularly going to be looking out they'll, they'll know that we'll be with people but they're not necessarily going to know who those people are okay. especially if Derek and the rest of his crew were on a boat to Hoenn not that long ago they're not necessarily going to think oh they've come back to help them out kind of thing potentially yeah okay so you hear another few blasts of a whistle and see on the other side of the station a load of school children leaving Greg's and running over to the barriers we run in and join them okay Dex checks, both of you. Dexterity, athletics. Probably Dex is the best one to go for. I'd rather athletics if I can. Okay. Uh, 15. Why am I rolling so well in, out of the fight? So Chuck just gets straight through the barriers. Just slides straight through. Slides straight no through with school kids. But Felix, as you get to the barrier, you feel a hand grab the back of your... With a 15? Shirt, yeah. Endgame, mate. And the man with the whistle on the fluorescent jacket pulls you back and he starts questioning you. Why, why, what are you doing? Where's your ticket? Why aren't you in school uniform? Felix freezes up for a moment, trying to think of a plausible explanation. Using the emotion of everything that's going on, just starts to break down, sort of like you see tears start to form in his eyes. And he's just looking at the ticket money, goes, I, I lost my ticket and some kids they, they stole my school uniform. They were bullying me. Please, I want to get home. Roll deception. I won't give you disadvantage because you're crying. <laughs> uh, deception, 15. Doesn't bite. Oh, oh, little wet doodle boy. I thought that would be a cinch. What's he say? He just looks at you almost angry as the tears dry up pretty quickly on your cheeks. He's like, yeah. Try another one, mate. Tickets must be shown. If you do not have a ticket, you can acquire one at the information desk. Chuck, roll a perception, see if you've noticed that there's still going on. Roll again. <laughs> Are you your new doll? It's No, it's my metal. 17. Okay, so although you're still through the barrier, you sort of stop and turn, and you're watching this all kick off as Felix is pushed away from the barriers and sent back to the information desk with Julie. So I'm physically removed from the situation. You've been, yeah. you've been pulled out of the school kid crowd and no, you have no. been pushed, so you are now separated. Right, okay. I'll say that Cherry and Winston have held back, as have Derek and Flash. Right, the other two. So they're all in the station. They'll wait and see if you could get through first. Felix wipes his eyes and his nose, takes a big breath in and goes, Don't mutters under his breath to himself, where did that come from? <laughs> Anyways. I'm going to try something else before calling for help. And with Inky already out, I'm going to get him to float up behind the ticket man, to tap him on his shoulders and use hypnosis to try and put him to sleep. Okay. 
you because hypnosis is you've got to make a wisdom save against my move DC. So the man falls asleep. <laughs> Not what you want to happen, is it? It's a sound. <laughs> so Inky starts waving his really small arms now, and I guess his eyes start to swirl in different directions as well as the ticket man just starts to. And his head starts to nod and his eyes start to droop and then he's just slumped to the ground on his ass. And he's sort of like just sat upright, but he's just fast asleep. As soon as the ticket guard's head starts to wobble before he's even fully asleep, Felix doesn't run towards, but briskly walks towards the barrier ready to just go through. As you make your way to... As you start running back towards the ticket barrier, Chuck, you notice that Cherry is just stood still looking up at the screens and her hand sort of just like starts to cover her mouth as Derek legless Carl and one-eyed Bob see that you guys are made through the barriers they also bolt it towards the barriers but cherry doesn't cherry stands still just looking up flash also sees what she's looking at and stands still mouth open oh shit what's on the screens Felix won't be looking at the screen because he's just bolting towards the barrier, so I'll be completely aware of it. But Chuck sees it. Chuck, Chuck sees Cherry. Well, Chuck's made it through the barriers, so there's no reason for him to, like, there's, like, no problem for him to go back towards the barriers. So Chuck goes back towards the barriers and taps like, Cherry, what's going on? What's the hold-up? Cherry shakes her head, and her, Winston, and Flash all run over towards the barriers. And Cherry says, It's you. You're on the screens. They know you. They've put your faces out there. They want you in connection with the murders of Professor Acer and the disappearance of Professor Oak. Ah. We need to get going. And you do notice that the rest of the station has got quite quiet and almost empty as Julie starts to walk over in your direction. <laughs> Chuck starts to feel a bit of a, like, cold going down his spine. Felix, in a bit of a panic, turns to Chuck and the rest of the crew and goes, we need to get underground now. Okay. So can we look for that entrance? Yeah, you turn around. Mm-hmm. And... From behind you? No. <laughs> you see the sign almost above you saying underground this way. Okay. And it takes you to the end of this, like, long sort of corridor. Mm. with steps on either side going upwards to where the station where the platforms are Mm. Uh, steps on either side to where the platforms are but at the end there is a large metal gate that is locked with a padlock and behind the gate is completely black but you can see steps leading downwards towards the underground cool cool so you can have an action each and then something's going to happen so Chuck's in front of Felix, and he looks. He first sees the padlock. Apom kind of scurries out of his uh, his Harrington jacket down his sleeve, and they start looking at the, the padlock together. Chuck pulls out his multi tool, so you know, starts sort of flicking through the kind of the, the things that are on it, looking for um, looking for the, what looks like a sort of little toothpicky type thing. He says, "Like, Bucky, come on, come here, help me with this. We're going to try and pick the lock." Okay. While you're fumbling around with the padlock. What does Felix do? Felix will 180 turn on the spot and kind of keep lookout just to see if anyone's coming. If they're getting closer, I can then alert. 
Chuck to tell him to hurry up. Roll perception with disadvantage. Oh, disadvantage. Because you're in a rush. Seven. Disadvantage. Cool. You start to see Julie walk round the corner as Chuck picks the lock nice. and starts scrambling the chains. Yeah, to like get it all off. Yeah. Trying to actually open the gate. Okay. Felix goes, Chuck. Chuck, she's here. Hurry up. Hurry up. It's like fucking Terminator. Eyes <laughs> oh, starting to glow, glow red. Can I get the gate open? You can get the gate open, but Julie's going to turn the corner as you do. Oh, okay. And it's a straight corridor. Yeah. How much of a chain is on the gate? Like a thick padlock chain. Oh, as in, so it's not like padlock and like a big metal chain. Oh, no, I'd say it's like it's a chain that's been wrapped around. Yes, that's bed and padlock. That's what I want. I know what you mean. Yeah, power <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. Chuck so responding to Felix, like um, Felix's sense of urgency turns around to see Julie very slowly and calmly with still like this plastic smile on her face walking down the corridor towards them and says, okay, Bucky, take this chain. Just, we just, just, I don't know, just tie her up or something. So Apom like takes the chain and starts scampering towards Julie. <laughs> uh, okay, roll dexterity. Oh no, it's a 10. I like that, the coach is having to change dice already. I only rolled a 10. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen to his voice already. We've just skirted around three fights. Yeah, sweet. All right, what happens? So Apom's just jangling down this like hallway with this metal chain just behind him. Julie's just still walking towards him with a smile on her face. Apom reaches her ankles. Um, she sort of looks down at him and then like goes to kick him and he just swerves her, takes a bite of her other ankle. <laughs> so she like yelps and like goes to like reach her ankle, at which point he runs up her up her back, gets the chain and then just starts yanking her down to the floor. Wraps the chain around her legs first, <laughs> then pulls the rest of it and wraps it around her hands. And then um, oh, the shibari knots there's like <laughs> then just stands over like really triumphantly. Chuck's like, okay, like I think we need to have a conversation about how you're like not subduing people because this is a this is a pattern now. <laughs> this is worrying. Okay, so you've tied her up. She's on the floor. Just leave her there. Oh, can we loot her? Loot her. <laughs> she wanted money. It's not the witch, eh? Not just looting your corpse in her pockets. <laughs> uh, roll dexterity. Apom's looting her. Come on, Apom, let's go. It's a 19. She has 3,000 pokey. <laughs> I like how you roll that in there because you knew that he'd try and rob her. <laughs> so, Apom like, stuffs it in, uh, into his fur. And Chuck's like, still a little bit astounded. So he's like, well, that seems to have done the trick. Should we, uh, should we go? As this happens, an alarm starts to go off in the station as one of the security cameras that you saw on the way in clearly sees what the fuck is going on. Oh. Especially the one that's right above where it's happening. <laughs> Flash just shouts, Lads, we've got to go. What are we doing? Are we leaving her? Are we going? How are we doing this? What's going on? He's panicking. Felix is already halfway down the corridor when Apon's like tying her up. He's just like, Chuck, come on. Let's go. Yeah, so it's like, peg it, peg it. Okay, so you go back to the underground where you've opened the gates to run downstairs. Can we seal it up behind us somehow? You can try. Inky, do something. And Inky just smiles his big toothy grin, opens his mouth wide and almost like a cat hoiking up a massive furball just launches out a giant sludge bomb. 
pretty much exactly where the gate was and the, the terrain just becomes a big pool of poison. So Felix sort of turns to him. Inky's got a big smile on his face like, I did a good job. And Felix is like, I mean, I guess that works. Good one, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Look on Cody's face throughout all this. He's like, this is not how I thought this was going to go. So as you make your way to the underground, you don't see it. But above Julie, well, you did see it. There's camera the above Julie. Mm -hmm. The camera just blinks red and like the little flashing light just brings mm -hmm. lead on top of it as it watches you go down into the underground. Okay. And then produce a massive purple sludge. <laughs> so you make your way... You <laughs> You make your way down from the steps <laughs> into the darkness. Um, we're going to get lunch really early today, just so... Sorry. <laughs> good. Um, Winston steps forwards, all puffy chest. Light in the way. Don't worry, guys. I'll take it from here. And he moves in front of the group, using the flame on his head as a light source for you. You arrive in a large circular room. Pages from newspapers and lots of other rubbish litter the ground around you and there's a kiosk on the far side with its window shutters down. The door on the office left wide open as the light from Winston's head reaches it, and you hear the cry of an angry ratter as it skids to the door and takes an aggressive stance, warning you away. And then from inside you hear, trainers. <laughs> <laughs> this is the end game. Trainers. Um, <laughs> There are multiple tunnels leading out of this room, each with a different coloured sign hanging above. Which one do we need to take? Says Cherry. Chuck turns to Flash and says, Flash, I think, don't you know this place pretty well? Flash looks around, he's like, well, no, I, I, I know the underground, but I don't know which one of these we've got to take. Like, I've never been to this station before, lads. There must be a way to find out what colour line we need. Also, I can't read maps. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's say there are five. There are five tunnels with different colours. Five tunnels with different colours. And we know we need to get the northern line to yeah, the enemies yeah. going the right way. And none of them say the northern line. They're just colours. Well, there is. Um, there a black line. There is not a black line. What colours are there? Okay, there's a blue line, a green line, a pink line, a yellow line, and a red line. The ones that Chuck and Felix would remember are red and blue. Yeah. Central. Central goes. Most places, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, as the, as the gang kind of looks up at all of these colours and lines, not really knowing where to go, Felix turns to Chuck and goes, there might be a map in the office. Let's check it out. So you make your way to the office. Yeah. Felix boots the rat atter out of the way. Make a... <laughs> make a strength... <laughs> no, make make an attack roll. Make an attack roll? Yeah. What oh attack am I using? You're going to... Uh, using a physical attack. This is the actual boss. You're going to, like... There's going to be a swarm of rats I'm going to fist... Just fist fight a rat after. <laughs> you want to kick it? Make a... Make a so we're just doing a strength check? Uh, no, you want to see... You need to see if you can hit rats first. I'm rolling to hit. You're rolling to hit an attack. Right, 16. So you boot the rat up. Uh, roll... Roll damage. Unarmed, roll it. unarmed attack, I think, is. A couple of D8s, I imagine. Or D6s. You're going to kick it into the darkness, and then there's going to be all these eyes that just start glowing. Uh, I said it as a joke originally, but we'll roll with it. <laughs> you just walk in and boot this thing in the sun. It's, it's so unlike Felix as well. Like Felix is like all about the care of Pokemon. You deal one plus your strength modifier. Wow, three. So three damage. <laughs> so you hit this, you kick this Rattata in the face for three damage, and it is 
not happy at all. Why have I done this? You're going to get fucking like the bubonic plague now. I'm going to have to make a ratata. <laughs> can, can we not? Can we just... Uh, no, no, this is funny. You fucked up my plan. I'm fucking up yours. <laughs> this is what happens when I decide to try and be a good DM for the first time in 69 episodes. <laughs> 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 right, this ratata hissed pissed off <laughs> and it's gonna use a crunch attack on your foot <clears throat> what's my ac it's on it's on, it's on your character sheet yeah yeah you have your own ac oh yeah oh, jesus christ so that's a 13 yeah that hits <laughs> let's roll damage felix is gonna become chuck with half his foot here yeah. first attack of the game it's why, level 20 why did i boot this rat at it? so after taking a boot to the face the, the ratata just jumps forwards and crunches onto your foot, and it does 15 damage. Fuck me! Felix yelps out in pain. He's like, ah, get, get off, you stupid rat. And he's sort of like waggling his foot around, like just trying to get it off. He's like, Inky, Inky, help me out. Get it off me. Inky floats on over. Inky is quite finding this quite amusing. He's got, a, He's sort of giggling as he flies over. While Felix is wrestling with a rat attack and Chuck just walk into the office and just, just walk past it. No, 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 you're blocking, you're blocking the, the, door. the, the it's being blocked. Chuck's like being around, she's like, Felix, what's going on? We're in a rush. <laughs> Flash is just like, lads, I thought we were in a rush. What was the point of all that up there if we're just going to piss around down here? <laughs> Felix is just still flailing around with his rat attack on the end of his foot. He's like, Inky, get rid of it. Use a sidekick. I'm gonna just try and like psychic and throw it up, throw it away, up, essentially. Uh, 27 to hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. 25 psychic damage. Nice. Takes it. For fuck's sake. <laughs> can can Chuck hear like Julie clanging chains, like dragging, dragging one limp foot around? Um, from the, the Terminator so style. <laughs> with with the psychic. So Inky does his normal attack. His eyes go bright pink and sort of go around the, the ratata and he's trying to pull it off Felix's foot. Does he come off the foot or is he still still chomped down hard? Um, I'm going to make a grip check. No, he's still chomped down. <laughs> chomped down on your foot and he's going to go for another crunch on Felix. But he only gets a... <laughs> but he only gets a 10. So as he misses. As, as he... Like, oh, like loosens his jaw to then crunch down again. Felix manages to like whip his foot out, but the ratata is still there and hissing. Now it's looking at Gengar like, I'm a, uh, I know a dark move. I'm a fuck you up. <laughs> so is the ratata still in the doorway? It's just, it's in now. It's sort of like inside the office inside by about the two office foot. By about two I, I can't believe we're 69 episodes in and there's a fucking ratata. Let's go up. We can't get. It's like in. What is this fucking episode two? Yeah. <laughs> This ratter also looks a little singed. <laughs> Felix goes, now the ratter's off his foot and he's sort of like, he's in pain, but he's thinking a little bit more clearly now. He's not got a rodent trying to chew off his toes. We haven't got time for this. Inky, just put it to sleep. So we're going to go for a hypnosis to try and just put it to sleep and go about our business. The ratter's asleep. Yes, good. Uh, Inky can have 3,100 XP for that. Beautiful. I'll give him. I'll give him the XP. 3,100. Does Apom get anything for incapacitating Julie? Uh, I'll give him 1,000. Sick. It was quite nifty. Okay, so you make it into the office. Yes. By the window, with the shutter down, there is an underground pamphlet with a map in it. Cool. Felix picks it up and hands it to Chuck and goes, 
look at this, would you? I need to sort my foot out. <laughs> and he's just sort of like taking his shoe off at this point just to try and see what the damage is and put a bandage around it or something, just trying to hit, heal himself up. Okay, shark maker intelligence check. Intelligence, intelligence or wisdom? Or wisdom spending. Yeah, because you need to come to read it. <laughs> uh, 12. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. Uh, with a 12, uh, you manage to... Just, uh, just looking, looking between from the map and then looking up and looking at the colours to see, like, okay, well, where's the red line? Where does that go to? Okay, so you see a familiar-looking map to the one that you've seen before in the underground from when you were at Central Plaza Station, except, obviously, this is in a pamphlet and it's not covered in graffiti. There are a load of coloured squiggly lines that run across the map. It's squiggly line. It's squiggly line. The corner of my eye. So it looks like you need to take the blue Victini line to the to the Pokey Park, and then from there you can get the northern line back up to the Plaza Station. Sweet. Cool. Okay. Chuck's like, all right, everyone. I think I've got it. We need to just head head down the blue line. Follow me. Uh, well, Winston, lead the way. Cherry and Winston are stood next to a much larger map on the wall. <laughs> Um, in the little station foyer that you were stood in that you didn't look around for. Mm. Right. And she was like, yeah, we know. We've just been waiting for you to deal with that. I didn't say something. And Flash, like, because it was really funny. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it was funny, to be fair. Phoenix is just grumbling under it, like, pretending to try not to hear all of this. But it's all leaving deep, deep mental scars. Chuck says to him, are you sure you don't want to stay behind? Like, if you can't just take down a ratata. <laughs> Derek's just like, haven't you two taken on, like, Reggie's? Felix is just like, takes a big breath in and goes come on let's get out of here okay so you follow the blue sign leading you to the victini line and you head down a long circular tiled tunnel with big posters on the wall with various ad advertisements arcanine king the musical haunter of the opera and surprisingly a poster advertising the old gym with an image of adam and his nido king with their arms folded looking all serious the tunnel leads you to a broken escalator that looks all creepy and it leads you into complete darkness but with the light from Winston you make your way down to the bottom and you find yourself at one of the underground platforms you're shocked to see a flickering light on the far end of the platform and sitting around a small fire is a group of people wrapped in blankets you suddenly notice how cold it is down here they must have been some of them people Adam was talking about who've had to come to the underground to hide. And you notice that two of the group are young children cuddled up to who you are guessing is their mother. Oh, Derek looked at you both. He's like, come on, we need to get you moving. And the rest of your group jump down onto the tracks and you start to head along the Victini line. As you follow the tracks, the sight you saw becomes sadly familiar as you see many families camping in the underground stations that you pass, each one getting busier and busier the closer you get to Central Plaza, until they start to take up room on the tracks as well as the stations. This is horrible. So many people down here. Just to escape what's going on up there. Chuck says, this is just all Team Nightmare. He's feeling the rage and vindicated in what they're doing and what they need to do. Felix is sort of ru rummaging through his backpack at this point, trying to see if he's got anything that he can help, that he can give to these people to help out, like bottles of water or anything, but sadly doesn't have anything that would be worth giving to people that would help them out. So he's just sort of 
uh, he feels really guilty at this point because he, he feels like partly this is his fault. So he just sort of looks down at his feet, just sort of walking behind the group, not really saying anything. Jack notices this and says to him, look, come on, the best way to help these people is going to be stopping Team Nightmare. Felix doesn't say anything, but meets his gaze and just gives him a firm nod. So eventually, you start to hear the familiar thumping of music and see bright lights ahead as you reach the central plaza station. <clears throat> and as you reach the station, you can't help but realise how busy it is compared to the last time you were here. All the same stalls are still about, apart from the dodgy art dealer, flashing their neon signs and queues of people and Pokemon browsing their wares as they chat to the different stall owners. Flash turns to the group. Right, well, I guess I'd better head over to the old NDQ and make sure everything's set up with Colo. We should be safe there, so peruse for a bit and I'll uh, see you in the bunker soon. And then Derek, One-Eyed Bob and Legless Carl with a K look at each other and grin before Derek turns to you and says, Well, lads, after all that excitement and uh, ratata, uh, we've decided that we need to quench our thirsts. <laughs> and he winks and just says, we'll see you in the Cool. Jerry and Winston are looking around in bewilderment at all the lights. Wow, this is like nothing I ever imagined. And Winston just like mouth open. Everything is telling me I should hate this place. The dark, the damp, the smell. But my Moltres, this place is amazing. <laughs> Come, Cherry, let's go. And Winston just grabs Cherry's hand and drags her into the crowds, leaving you standing alone on the edge of the plaza market. Felix has kind of regained his normal sense of calm and after the whole Ratata affair. He looks at Chuck and goes, I don't know about you, but I've been thinking about this for a little while. We need to stock up. Yeah, agreed. Should we just go just go about our business? Go about our business, supermarket sweep style. So as you both walk through the stalls, you recognise certain things from last time. Snorlax is asleep on top of a crushed table with scraps of food on the floor around it. The stall owner in a grubby apron is being held back as he screams at the stall owner next to his, That's it! That's the last straw! I've had it with you and your Snorlax every fucking day! <laughs> And the other sort of just like, I'm really sorry, he's been on a diet, he was just hungry. <laughs> There's a man looking at a stall selling lots of black discs and falls backwards in surprise when he sees an almost identical looking version of himself with small black eyes and no <laughs> lips standing behind the stall <laughs> laughing at him. A man and his venonet seem, venonet, venonet seem very busy selling items that can be held by various Pokemon. The Venonat trying to demonstrate a grabby grabby, but <laughs> failing miserably due to having no hands. Oh, um, Venonat. The customer walks off and the angry looking Venonat sends some yellow powder off in his direction. <laughs> and then a dark skinned woman with large hooped earrings stands behind a stall of odd looking items. A Wingull sitting on her shoulder watching everyone as they walk past, its head whipping from side to side. So you've got street food, TMs, held items, unusual items. There's also a Pokemart down here as well. Um, there's the first A10, not that you need it. Um, and then there's the NDQ. Where are you going for? So, are you going to get any food? Felix, in the back of his mind, has been thinking about the last time they were here and how good the side of jelly donuts were that he got. So he's going to go to the food store and see if there's anything of that ilk. 
Okay, so there are lots of different delicacies on sale, uh, emitting a mix of fragrances that make your stomach rumble. And you see Winston walking away from one store with a stick covered in something that looks very burnt, and he <laughs> sniffs it before putting the entire thing in his mouth and then disappears into the crowd. Stick and all? Yes, yeah, stick and all. <laughs> You see the familiar stalls from last time you were here, each with their own unique neon signs, as well as your standard noodles, burgers, and even a Mama Mario's pizza sign. Oh, that's brushed out. It's gone underground. There are also more exotic-looking food stalls selling Caterpie eggs, Sequoia cheese steak, Octillery dough balls, Corfish tails, fried far-fetched leek, Magikarp sashimi, and the stall with a chef carefully slicing away at a quillfish, as though he was not <laughs> sure, as though he's not changed since the last time you were here. The Zubat food truck looks like it's disappeared, and has been replaced with a van offering braised flaffy, <laughs> with stuffing and veg in a giant Yorkshire pudding wrap. Oh god, oh my god! I would murder one of those right now. Giant Yorkies. Love giant York. Chuck places an order. Like, um, not click and collect, but he places an order at Mam- Mama Mario's to go, and he, he's, he's like, I'll come back in five, I'll, I'll pick it up then. He's going to take it to the NDQ, he's going to get his... That's okay, it won't be ready for 20 minutes. 20? Can you do a bit of a rush job on that? Let's turn up the- no. <laughs> it's a pizza, we make it from a scratch. 20 minutes, though, for a pizza. Look where we are, I do not have all my usual things, okay? 20 minutes. <laughs> ah. I don't have time. You can cancel the pizza or just get something to go. I apologise for any Italian listeners. Like, <laughs> I'm really. I was more of a outer. It was more of a vampire from what we did in the shadows. So you're not going for Mama Mario? Unfortunately, he, not. He, no. he waves you off with his fist and then gives you the finger. Apom Apom gives him the, the gesture back <laughs> with his other. Ah, Papancolo! I think that. Papa Napoli. So Jack walks you don't want my pizza. I don't give you my pizza. This is trash. There I must go. Muff cabbage. Roll initiative. Not just. <laughs> <laughs> Mario's wants to fight. <laughs> okay, so Jack's going to waddle over to the TM stall first off. Uh, has Felix managed to find any cider jelly donuts or anything equivalent? Yes. This episode is 30% you find some jelly donuts. Yeah, <laughs> you do. It's 20%. Me also find a rap letter. Yeah, so I found him. Okay, You've got so donuts. So Felix is walking around with two jelly donuts in hand. He was thinking about giving one to Chuck, but he is also now thinking about eating this one. Felix has found these jelly donuts, and after seeing Chuck argue with the man at Mama, that overheard he was, it. <laughs> he uh, he co- sidles up with this other jelly donut and goes, I'm "Not sure if you got something, mate. Here, have one of these. Let's go shopping." and hands him one of the donuts. That takes it and says, thanks bud. And then shoves the whole thing in his mouth. <laughs> Chuck opens up, yelp. Yeah. <laughs> I was a big fan the original Mama Mario's. But their underground, their underground outer branch is just rude and disgusting. Okay, sorry, where did you say you were gonna go? The TM stall. The TM stall. Right, so as you approach the stall, a man wearing a poncho with a funny looking face suddenly turns into Chuck. But with small dots for eyes and no lips, Apom shits himself a little bit and jumps on Gurry's. He jumps onto the fake Chuck. <laughs> Other first. The woman who runs the stall comes out of the tent carrying a box and laughs. Ditto, stop trying to scare away the customers. And she looks at the two of you with a smile. What can I do you for? So this stall, TM stall, she's got 
TM6 Toxic, TM14 Blizzard, we've got TM22 Solar Beam, TM24 Thunderbolt, TM26 Earthquake, TM29 Psychic, TM50 Overheat, TM71 Stone Edge, TM98 Waterfall, and Charge TM. But there is a sign next to the Charge TMs that says, due to a limited supply, maximum three per person. Oh. No sharing. No sharing. Three per person, though, not three total. Three per person, no sharing. So you, you can't buy three each and then give. All right, so Jack buys three and gives them all to me. You can't, yeah, you can't, that's not happening, anyways, because I want them for me. Yeah, fair enough. Just for listeners, at the beginning, Chris turned to me and said, Can I mass sell all the shit I don't want? And I said, <laughs> No. Because I like, you know, didn't want him to. It's your it, fault yeah. for not having enough money. But if there is stuff that you can legit sell, like if you've got some TMs you want to sell, we'll you, you're gonna have to roll to try and right, get a decent yeah. price. Okay. You might get a shit price because you're yeah, desperate yeah. to sell them. They don't care. Okay, so from those TMs, are you gonna buy any? I know you've both been wanting charge TMs for a while. Yep. Yeah, I'll take the lot. I'll take the lot. <laughs> Thank you. Three of those, please. But we're going to try and do a bit of bartering, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, so charge TMs are 7,000 each. So that will be 21 grand. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck's also looking for Stone Edge as well. well how much is that? 8,000. Stone Edge is 8,000. Oh, 29 smackaroons. That's a so. big lot of smackaroons. Okay, so Chuck has in his item bag. So Chuck basically holds out sort of a big selection. He opens his backpack and he's got a big selection of black discs and says, Do you do like store credit? All credit's usually worth more than cash, right? The woman looks up at you quizzically, and then the ditto version of you just wags his finger <laughs> in your face. And she's like, unfortunately, I don't do store credit, but I would be up for a trade, depending on the value of what you're asking for. The so Chuck fans out the, the black discs that he's got and says, are any of these kind of any anything that you're, you're after or think you could resell? The woman looks at you. Okay. She's holding her, holding her chin quizzically. And then you see yourself start holding and rubbing your chin quizzically. And she says, hmm, that is a good lot of TMs. I would be willing to offer you 20,000 po yen. Chuck's a little bit surprised and says, yeah, done. And she smiles to herself knowing that she has just got an absolute bargain. <laughs> Fuck. And says, all right then, and gives you 20,000 poe yen. Sweet. And Chuck says, and I will take, you might as well hang on, hold on to that, because I would love three charged TMs and Stone Edge, please. Okay, and she says, right, well, that's 29,000, so you owe me 9k. Perfect. Felix seeing this transaction is rifling through his bag as Chuck holds his out to make the exchange and goes, boss, you there. Uh, the woman looks at you and she goes, I'll do the same deal, 20 grand for a lot. Felix thinks about haggling, but in a bit of a rush goes, sounds perfect to me. In fact, same as my partner. If you can just hold on to that, I will take three charge TMs, please. Yeah. So I owe a, a grand. You owe a grand. Cool. Felix hands over the TMs and 1,000 po yen and gratefully receives the three charge TMs in return. Uh, she turns to the ditto Chuck and they high five in front of both of you uh, with a big smile and ditto so happy it turns back into a ditto. <laughs> um, and then turns into an A-pom and does a little cartwheel and she's like, no problem, there you go. 
Goes a little West Country. <laughs> That's how happy she is. She slips into the West Country. I'm so looking forward to not having to do any more accents after this. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Uh, I'm also Junksman chewing his lip and says, "Well, here I'll also take Earthquake." She holds out her hand and says, "That will be another eight thousand yen, then, please." I'll take it with you. Right. Very happy. She thanks you as you move on to the next. Okay, so there's also the held item stall where an old man and his Benet beam at you as you approach. The Benet looks like it recognises you and starts to spin on the spot as you get to the stall. The old man laughs. Well, you must have shot with us before. Welcome back. Is there anything that tickles your fancy? Tickles your pickle? That pickles your tickle? Nothing <laughs> <laughs> that pickles my tickle. That pedicles your pedicure? What? That pedicles your pedicure? Pedicles. I love that that's the bit you picked up on the fact I was talking about a pedicure. Well, pedicure is an actual word, so that didn't surprise me as much. True. The ability capsules, so Pokemon that holds this gain access to both their non-hidden abilities. The assault vest, Pokemon that hold this gain plus one to their AC but can only use damaging moves. The eject button, when hit by an attack, the holder may switch out as a free action. The focus band, roll a d20 when suffering from a flinch status. On a 10 or higher, you don't flinch. King's Rock, on a natural attack roll of 19 or 20, the target flinches. Quick Claw, increase the initiative roll by plus 3 if this Pokemon is active. Scope Lens, increase critical hit range by 1, so 20 to 19. Shell Bell, holder recovers 1d4 hit points. That's not what Shell Bell does. We changed that, don't worry about it. And wide lens, holder gains plus one to all attack. So after you've perused the stall, the Venonat looks up at you with its big buggy eyes, as though inviting you to spend some moolah. <laughs> and Felix is going to oblige. Again, similar to similar to the transaction at the TM vendor. Felix asks the man, Would you care for a trade? This man is a lot more uncomfortable with the idea of making a trade. He's like, oh, I, I don't know. I kind of, I just want to kind of sell my stuff. So roll persuasion. Persuasion. Let's persuade him to trade with you. Right. Six. <laughs> He's gonna go. No, I'm, I'm okay actually. I, I'd rather just sell what I've got. I don't really want to be here for too much longer, if I'm honest. Okay, Felix. Thinks about haggling again. Thinks about haggling and sort of saying, "Well, you'll be helping the cause and getting all these people back into their homes and this, that, and the other." But again, realizing they're in a bit of a rush, kind of size and looking at his prices, realizes he's actually quite fair with his prices. Uh, and he goes, "Okay, I understand. Not a problem. I will take that ability capsule off your hands, though." Okay. He looks, he's like, yep, absolutely fine. That's 2,000 Pogien. Felix opens his wallet and hands him the 2,000 Pogien. I do accept nuggets. I'm not surprised, but they're worth five grand, so no, you're not having that. I'll give you change. So Felix contemplates it and he goes, mm, I don't do trades. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, the vetted out <laughs> just like sniggers <laughs> and looks up with the guy who looks at it and is like, whatever the man hands over the ability capsule which is just like a massive hill <laughs> red and blue yeah and um and yeah just passes it over to you sweet nice this guy's definitely not in a buying mood well he wasn't in a buying mood for a six. Oh, okay <laughs> chuck says to the guy 
you sure there's there's nothing in the market for that you might want to sell down the line? He looked really anti-selling, but he gives you enough time. No, anti-buying, but he gives you enough time to make a persuasion check. With disadvantage, because Felix failed. Nine. Disadvantage. Uh, do you know what? You nearly had me. Oh. Maybe one more number <laughs> dice, but no, I'm, I'm okay, mate. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Godspeed. <laughs> Next. Okay. Um, as Chuck walks off, the Venonat starts to like shake, and a purple dust starts to like waft <laughs> off it. Um, but someone else steps in front of the store to like <laughs> buys them, and they just instantly throws up all over all the items he has left. <laughs> it causes like a little commotion. So the next one is the unusual item stall. Here we go. So you approach the stall with the strange objects and the wind girl on the table. Uh, I've copied this from the last time we were here. <laughs> um, and the wind girl on top of the woman with the big hoot earrings uh, squawks at you as you move closer. And the woman waves you in with a strange accent that I'm not going to be the same as last time, but possibly could be. Says, ah, come, come, look at all these wares I have. Oh, it's you two. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you've seen most of it before. Um, nice to see you again. Uh, did you enjoy the uh, the things you bought? Did you use them? Were they good? Were they any good? Looks like, um, yeah, grab them. Chuck says, that, that book that I bought off you didn't really work. But I've still got a couple more tries, so we'll see. Ah. I deleted that off the item sheet, so I can't even tell you what it does anymore. But might have been because I tried it against the guy that wrote it. <laughs> I'm I'm sure oh yeah, well that would work. like red knows every trick in that playbook. It's not gonna work. Should have tried it on blue. <laughs> Might have given you advantage. Well, anyway, here's what I've got. So she's got the amplifier. A small white metal but oh also thank you for everyone in the Discord for sending these months ago and then more months ago for the original ones. If they didn't buy it, they're still in there and I've added the new ones in, so I'll name nice. check you as I go. So the amplifier, a small white metal box, when held, increases stab modifier on moves of your Pokemon's primary type by plus two, but moves of the secondary type lose stab bonus. And that is 4,500 from Rigel. The backup amplifier is exactly the same, except it's your secondary type by two, primary type loses stab, Again, 4,500 from Rigel. Thank you, Rigel. The giant foam finger, <laughs> one of my favourites, is a blue foam finger hand, and it gives the holder an additional 10 foot when making a melee attack. That's okay. <laughs> and that is from Turtle Lover 2244. It's 4,500. They're all 4,500. I'm going to stop saying the price. The Grabby Grabby, a red hand on the end of a mechanical extender. A mechanical hand that can stretch 15 feet on a successful D12 roll target is incapacitated for their next turn. Is that a full action or a bonus action? I'd say full action because you're still going to technically get like three three hits of in, incapacitation. Yeah. Because if you use it on your turn and then Felix gets a go, then they're incapacitated, then you get a go, then Felix gets a go, that's still three goes yeah. rather than four. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to say full action. Nunchucks, love these ones. Two wooden sticks attached to each other with a metal chain. 
turns normal type moves into fighting type moves after a DC successful flourish. DC 10 successful flourish. On a fail, the user takes a D10 of damage and hits itself in the nuts. <laughs> uh, and that's from Hydra Ekin. The Gunslinger Coat, a Pokemon-sized leather coat that looks warm. Metronome Coat. Uh, yeah. a battle, you may roll a D100 and attack with a random move from the TM list, which is basically Metronome. That's Ruath. Pokeball Roulette. I thought this was interesting as well. Assign three Pokemon numbers. Yeah, this is a new one. Assign your part. I've changed it a little bit. Assign your party numbers from one to six. Roll a D6 and the Pokemon picked gets released. That Pokemon gets advantage of damage rolls five turns or until swanged out. And that is from Olon471. Then we've got the Vita Berry. Berry like none you've ever seen before. A rare berry that if HP hits zero when held, you can roll half your hit die and instead of fainting, the holder gains that much help. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Very nice. And that is from Pretty Officer. Yeah, Pretty Otter. Pretty Otter for Officer. <laughs> Sorry. Pretty Otter. Um, the Type Cloak, a mysterious cloak that seems to shimmer in the light. At the start of the battle, flip a coin. If heads, you may pick one of your Pokemon types and change it for the duration of the battle. That's from Callum.D. Yeah, that's very cool. The Laser Sight, and this one looks like, I think, the Dragon Ball Z. Oh, oh yeah. yes, the red head. Uh, so, gain advantage on your attack rolls, but an enemy can roll a D20 on a roll lower than 13, the user will be automatically targeted. Mm. It doesn't mean it's going to hit. But the laser pointer makes the enemy go, no, I have to attack you. Yeah, okay. On a, it's a bit if follow me. Yeah, basically. And that is Hydra Reckon. And then Hydra's given us another one. He was on it. Love these. I am a big uh, Smash Bros fan. Azumarill is a headband with some fluffy Azumarill ears attached. Uh, when worn, allows the user to replace one of its abilities with huge power. Fuck me, that's so good. <laughs> So yeah, they are the Discord items. Mint. Thank you everybody Thank for you very the much, guys. Very good items. Uh, Chuck makes a beeline straight for the Azumarill list. Says I hope those weren't from in a real Azumarill. Uh, she just looks at you and smiles and then. <laughs> I don't ask you where you get your ears from. <laughs> I grig these myself. It's like yeah, you make a fair point. Um, I'll take them. Okay, four thousand five hundred. They're gone. Oh, there's not. There's one. One of your okay. Yeah, it's fine. There's always been one of each. One of each thing. Apart from Red's. Rowan's package. Yeah. And Red's playbook. Can I please get. Uh, was it a Vita Berry? The Vita Berry, a rare berry that if HP hits zero when you've held, you can roll half your hit die instead of faint. Resurrection Berry. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, Felix. I'm going to, I will say, that doesn't. It wants per battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You use that. Yeah, you just could you don't eat. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every time. Nope. Yeah, just reading that back. Takes a minute. If I could just see one of you being like, but you didn't say it was once per battle. Well, I just said when it when it's hanged pre hits zero. Fucking Harry with his horcruxes. The street. Yeah, not a horcrux. I'm gonna nickname it the horcrux. Harry. <laughs> oh, take that. One of those. That's yeah. Four and a half, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Chuck's looking at the Azumarill is trying to determine if they're like actual real ears or not and just sort of shakes off the thought, puts them in his bag. 
these APOM is basically like playing around with the handle of the grabby grabby and just all of a sudden it just goes off. <laughs> the, the woman says you used it, you buy it. <laughs> APOM, use that 3000 that you took from Julie and I'll stump up the rest. <laughs> okay, so grabby grabby's gone. And all, all the while whilst we've been back in the underground, it's reminding Felix of the adventure as a whole, the things that have taken place and various places that have been thinking about his team and his party that obviously he's uh he's come to pass and for some reason his mind is drawn back to the misty islands shock i know but he thinks about the dojo where houdini learned thunder punch and the crush that he had on nessa, nessa. and a weird little sort of flicker in his mind is like hmm Maybe one day I'll get to meet her again. Maybe I should try and impress her. And he sees the nunchucks. <laughs> and he goes, maybe I could get good with these. Or at least one of my Pokemon. And he picks up the nunchucks. And he goes, I'll take these. They could come in handy. The woman looks at you and she says, well, be careful. Because they will hurt if you fail. <laughs> <laughs> They could hurt quite a lot if you fail, but if you master them, well, fighting type, your normal types pick up. Mm -hmm. Good choice, good choice. Okay, that's the nunchucks job. Phoenix kind of looked at them and realises that there's high, you know, it's high risk, high reward with these. So yeah, so it's a DT10 check to use them. Yep. And then if you fail, you take a D10 of damage. So the woman takes your money, she hands you over the items, and she's very happy with herself. And... On the way back to the NDQ, you see two more things. There is the first aid tent and the Pokemon. So an old man and his wife sit under a blue tarpaulin with a piece of cardboard with the words Pokemart written on it in marker pen. <laughs> he has Potion, Super Potion, Hype Potion, Pokeball, Great Ball, Ultra Ball, Revives, Awakenings, Full Heals, Paralyze Heal, Antidote, Ice Heal, Burn Heal, and Escape. So it looks at the... Um looks at the old man and says, Hello, good sir. I am a man who has bought a house in the local area. I am a... You Mason Mount at the Black Panther. <laughs> yeah. And I would like to sell these Pokeballs as I'm far too old for my adventure. <laughs> Roll persuade a bit. Roll persuade with disadvantage because he can clearly see your tent. <laughs> Two sevens I've just rolled. So that's going to be a ten. He says, Oh, <laughs> Chucking a bottle of drab buoy if you're out <laughs> fading out within 10 minutes. Says, oh. <laughs> and he coughs his guts up and says, oh, I, will. I can't take any more stock. We, 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 we just need all the money we can get. Look at my house. It's literally just a bit of tarpaulin on four sticks. But my wife is dying. Chuck says to him. She just goes, that's rough, buddy. I, but I. That's rough, buddy. That's rough, buddies. I made that joke two episodes ago. You know, it's fantastic. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Listen to that back. He's going to get a feature. Not in this fight, you won't. No, but in this episode, he might. In this episode, Dougie doesn't deserve it. Do you, Doug? Do you, Doug? You person stealing. Uh, girl stealing. No, yeah. girlfriend stealing. Yeah. Slime ball. Not in real life. Yeah, so no, you can't sell your Pokeball for all that. That's a shame, isn't it? For you, is there? Yeah, no. It's a, it's a, it's a I, yeah, I, I will just. Felix feels really sad for this man and his wife, so he just says, "I'll take Google fights, please," and just hand him the money. 
And before we head out to meet the rest of the gang at the NDQ, Felix just says, Chuck, just two seconds. Let me just the first aid tent and just ask them to look at his foot and if he needs to get a, uh, a shot for some rabies. Dr. Lukey and his Wheelie Tough Tommy are rushed off their feet. There are a lot of people sitting around nursing various injuries and Lukey sees you coming over and he's like, are you all right? Um, problem with your leg? Felix goes, yeah, had a run in with a ferocious rat after. Took a chomp on my foot. I think it's okay, but just take a quick look. Uh, he pops your boot off. Takes his sock off, immediately winces with the smell, <laughs> and just says, Yeah, mate, you're fine. Stop being such a pussy. Now graze. I'm busy. He gets up and moves off to one of the others in the queue, who, guy with like blood pouring out of the side of his head, who's clearly in a lot of pain. And uh, Tommy the Wiggly Tough just goes, Phoenix <laughs> begrudgingly, as he sees Tommy, uh, Tommy and Lukey walk off, just grabs a bandage from the or whatever, grabs a bandage from the shelf and just sort of wraps his foot up. Because it is actually bleeding, but he just makes sure he can walk comfortably. Felix comes out of the tent with his like, little limb for Chuck's as well. 12 years of austerity will do to the healthcare system. <laughs> Make your way down to the NDQ. The Machamp standing guard nods at you as, it, as you approach and it opens the door, letting you inside. The interior of the notorious Nido Queen hasn't changed much. Two Smeargles seem to have finished the mural of Nido Queen with a lopsided crown and have moved on to their next project, standing on each other's shoulders to reach the top of the park tray that has been converted into the bar. As well as its usual patrons, the seating area of the NDQ is full with members of the Aqua Crew, the Island Warriors, the Dragon Clan, and what looks like people who usually occupy pits. Nice. They all made it then. Chairs scrape along the floor as they all stand when you enter, and the room goes deathly quiet as those regulars who remain seated stare at you. Where's the Ludicolo? You make your way towards the train <laughs> carriage, uh, where the bar is situated, and see the same bartender wiping a glass clean with a dirty rag. As he opens his mouth to speak, he's interrupted by a loud. <laughs> And onto the bar jumps a very mossy Ludico, <laughs> who does a little pirouette and a bow, almost touching the bar with its sombrero. The Ludicolo jumps down and beckons you follow him, and he waddles into Flash's bunker, down the step. The bunker hasn't changed much either since you were last there. Flash, Max, Sam, Derek, and the gang are standing at the long bar at the far end of the room. Cherry and Winston stand in front of the PC monitors that hang down from the wall with cameras showing different parts of the busy underground. And Shelley, Dwayne, Sky, Thomas, Duke, Shino, Takeshi, Monty, Flack, Cora, Adam and Looker Wow, nice. All stand around the wide table, which is covered in a large map of the city. Felix immediately feels more confident seeing this group of really strong, really clever people around that you've all beaten. We've been with the weed meat all of them, yeah. Apart from the sketchy. And Looker. Uh, Looker doesn't really. He's a bitch. <laughs> As you enter, they all stop and they turn to look at you. And then Takeshi beckons you forwards. You made it! Adam was just showing us the city and the underground tunnels. Yeah, so as I was saying, 
my people and I have pinpointed various locations around the city that might be strategic to sort of cause a commotion while the assault on the cable car is happening. But, end of the day, your call. So you need to take a look at this map and decide, do we split our forces or do we launch an all-out the initial plan was to get Split. Shelley and the Aqua crew to go to the the tower, the shopping tower, and see what they can find there, slash cause a commotion, and the rest of us were going to go towards the cable car. In groups, in like yeah. phased groups, yeah. basically like waves. Yeah, Felix walks over and goes, I think we stick to the plan. Shelley, you take the Aqua crew to the shopping tower, cause a commotion, see what you can find. If there's any sort of jamming technology that you can find, Destroy it. Get it out of the way. Chuck interrupts at this point and says, I, but we, I don't think it's technology that they're using. Like we, we said about this last time, we've got to find the Pokemon that's the head of the snake. You know, it was Alex Sableye that put you under Shelly, wasn't it? So, you know, look, be on the lookout. It's got to be some sort of psychic Pokemon. They probably plugged it into the, you know, to be broadcasting all of this weird hypnosis. Shelly looks at you and says, so you just want us to stop the, find what's broadcasting it and stop it. Yeah, but... Or unless we find the Pokemon responsible. Yeah. And then we kill it. Uh, oh. No, well. You know, everyone's like, whoa. 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 There's no such thing as a bad Pokemon. Bad trainers. But all I'm saying is. Tell that to my Uncle Tom. <laughs> they can leave that silence. <laughs> yeah, just. The whole room goes silent. <laughs> and Chuck says, anyway, yeah, so you know that. Tentacle of yours. I'm just saying, I wouldn't be opposed to that just ripping the tower down. You know, I'm not opposed to it. Shelly just looks around, everybody's quiet again. She's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. Perfect. How many with the Acro crew? I'm going to say she's probably got 20 to 30 people. Okay, so quite a few. And that's, that's fine, bro. So Chuck then turns to Adam and says, okay, Adam, how many people from the pits have you managed to rouse? Adam says, so I put the word out. And understandably, a lot of people were very anxious about joining in on this fight. But I managed to get about 15 people to nice. help out. Okay, nice. Cool. That's more than enough, I think. Dwayne says, I've got 10 from the Misty Islands, as well as Mackie and Kai. About 30. So, so why don't we have two of those groups? Almost in a triangle around if you've got the if you've got the the shopping tower, the cable car, and then another point. If we can cause commotions around these areas and spread their thought their forces, then whatever sort of resistance we should get, hopefully it's going to be lessened. Adam nods and says, "Okay, well, here's and he points to the map. Here's the cable car, and here is the shopping tower." Points to location. Jack says, "Well, what about the Poke Park?" Adam. Good area for a demonstration. Adam sort of like folds his arms and looks at the map and he says, Yeah, that would make a kind of triangle as well because the Pokey Park's right in the centre. It's actually not that far from here. Uh, Monty lets out a little cough and he says, Not that, Monty. Monty lets out a little cough. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to be quite a good one to go to the Pokey Park as well. Grass types and all. Um, we might be able to, with a few forces, with Adam's forces, be able to cause quite the commotion. And Cora sort of nods her head. She's like, "I'll, I'll go with you." Black says he kind of looks at you both, and he still looks a bit 
ashamed of himself for kind of arguing with you in the meeting with Takeshi, and he goes, "Okay, I'll go with them. If anything, my ground types, we can we can cause a bit of a disturbance." And Adam looks at the both of you and says, well, "Okay, so I'll take these three and my guys from the pits. We'll go to the Pokey Park and we'll try and cause as much chaos as we can." And then he sort of just looks out to the distance and he goes. I'd be able to finally retake my gym. <laughs> Mr. Jib Jim. <laughs> bastard. If there's a rogue golem explosion that destroys Jim Jim's gym, then it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Felix sort of turns to the group and, and Adam primarily is, is the sort of head of one of them. Going, if one of us gets in real trouble, how are we going to communicate? Um, your watch starts to buzz. Okay, and Adam's face pops up on your watch. Perfect. As he's in front of you, he goes, "Nice." How we always communicate. Well, apart from Derek, who goes, "What's one of those?" <laughs> no, he doesn't. Kids, that's nice. No, he's he's again. West Country again. What's one of those? Okay, Felix goes. Okay, I cool. don't do that. No, technologically, Felix is like, "Okay, brilliant." Just making sure last-minute plans and all that. Although, make sure all the bases are covered. Adam does say that he can only assume that once you get to Mount Coronet they'll start working or yeah you're probably going to have a bit more difficulty yeah getting it working but it's kind of nods and he's trying to keep it calm and cool and collected his emotions have been all over the place in this morning with everything that's gone on he's just trying to make sure go through everything in his head make sure everything's okay and he takes a big breath in as everyone sort of gathered in their sort of final plans and goes right looks at Chuck let's get everything everything sorted check your Pokemon over Let's head out in two hours. And with that feeble speech, Takeshi stands up. <laughs> oh, come on. And he says, and he says, thanks, guys. Nice try. I wasn't addressing the group. I was just having it wasn't, a yeah, yeah. Main speech. You know I can write a speech. Okay, right. Do a speech. Um, once you've all finished talking, Takeshi stands up. And he says, okay, we have a plan. Just go over that plan very quickly. Shelley and the Aqua crew and Mac are going to go to the shopping tower and they're going to try and take out end the hypnotism broadcast that we think is going on. Which might take care of red and blue. It, it yeah. might. That's what I was hoping for. Adam, with Flack, Monty and Cora, as well as the guys from the pits, are going to go to the um, Pokey Park and try and cause as much commotion, try and split their forces. And the rest of us are going to go to the cable car. What we're attempting to do here has never been done before. And we're going to take this city and it's to its knees. Remember though, the citizens are mostly innocent bystanders. If they have indeed been hypnotised, they may join the fight with us. Just remember, we're here to help the people of this city. So try to avoid casualties unless absolutely necessary. Same goes with the SCPD. For all we know, the police have been hypnotised too. I'm not saying don't use force, just be careful. Anyone in a Team Nightmare uniform you, that you run into, however, well, they made their choice when they put on the shirt. So, get your things in order. We'll leave in an hour. From the other side of the room, Cherry shouts, Uh, guys, I think we have a problem. Oh, no. And you look over towards her to see a mass of people and their Pokemon marching down the tunnels on screens. Shit. 
Adam just l runs over to Cherry. They must have found out we were coming here. Someone must have been spotted entering the underground. <laughs> Felix blushes. Edwin scurries under the pool table. <laughs> Everyone follows your gaze and a small groan echoes around the bunker as they see the screen. Takeshi and Dwayne look at Adam and the other gym leaders. Can you guys hold them off long enough for us to get to the cable car? And apart from Dwayne, they all respond with a nod. And the six remaining gym leaders turn towards the stairs. Adam says to you, I'll take those willing to help from the pits. With any luck, we can keep them busy long enough with all this lot. And he takes off after the other gym leaders. We can use the super secret exit tunnel that leads to one of the train lines. With any luck, we won't run into anyone. Flash runs behind the bar and hits something. And a neon light sparks up in the corner of the bunker that says super secret exit tunnel. <laughs> with an arrow pointing downwards and hear a creak as a section of the wall swings open to show a passageway leading out the bunker. Shelly, Mekki, gather the aqua crew and the members of my tribe. We need to leave now. And the two of them run towards the upper level of the NDQ. Takeshi grabs both of you. What are you waiting for? Move, we'll catch up. And with that, Everybody splits up, half of you, to the super secret exit tunnel that leads into the darkness of the underground. Yabri, super secret exit tunnel. So, before we finish this episode, because you got caught going into the underground, yeah, I'm going to split up your forces for a for a portion of what is to come. Okay. So, all on that stealth roll that you fucked up. So you. So fuck that. You fucked that. So, your plan will still come into, depending on how things go, your plan will still come into fruition, but it's going to happen a lot later, later than, okay. than it would have done. Right, okay. So, in your group, so Shelly, Mac, and the Ak crew, they're with you anyway. So, they're going to go to the shopping tower, you're fine. Cool. Adam and the other gym leaders, apart from Dwayne, they're not going to the Poker Park straight They're away. not going to the Poker Park straight away. And you've now lost... You've lost Thomas, Duke, and Sky, as well as the Dragon Clan. Where are they going? They're hold going... Off. They're going to hold off the tunnels. Now, if they can get back to you in time, they probably will try, or they will head with the others to the Poke Park and then spread out across the city. Okay. okay. Who do we have, then? So... Your team has been depleted to 10 island warriors, including Maki, okay. Kai, who's like your support worker. Yeah, yeah. Our Lucio. Yeah, he's your Lucio. Uh, Dwayne. Then you've got Cherry and Winston, Legless Carl, Derek, One-Eyed Bob, Takeshi, Minato, Looker, and Flash. Nice. Still quite a strong team. A good team still. Still strong. I mean, we've got the champion of the region with us at the very least. Yeah, so. true. Okay. So, as Takeshi pushes you into the tunnel, the darkness envelops around you. And that's where we're going to finish first oh. episode oh, no. again. <laughs>